Hello and welcome to Leadership, the Future and Tea, a podcast hosted by Andy Davis featuring Ian Moffat, Deborah Hartung and Hitton Bat, a podcast for people who are passionate about making a difference at work. Uh, hi everybody and welcome to episode four of Leadership, the Future and Tea. Uh, I'm Andy Davis and yet again I'm with the great team of Hitten, Deborah and Ian. Hi everybody, how are you all doing? Hey Andy, good to be with you and doing great. Great to speak to you all again. Now, uh, this week we we said that we were going to focus on um, the customer, so leading uh, leadership and the customer, because ultimately the customer is what businesses are there to do, is to support the customer, to actually deliver some benefit to them, because that then actually makes a business. If you haven't got a, a customer that's buying something off you, then you're probably not in business anyway. So, I'm really passionate about customer and customer experience. Uh, I think it's one of the, the the great things to get right and the great things to get wrong. And uh, I love studying the subject, love reading about it and picking up on the case studies and seeing actually the root cause of, of where things have worked or not worked for, for companies. And I know that we've all got very different experiences of working in different sectors with different uh, companies. So. What we're going to do today is uh, we're going to ask our wonderful uh, tribe here a question each and just let them have the floor for a couple of minutes just so they can actually uh, uh, get out their answers. So I'm going to start with Ian and um, Ian, really uh, simple one for you, my friend, I'm sure, but uh, one that's going to get us all started on this. Why should a leader focus on the customer experience? There's a really short answer um, and I'll start with that. I'll start with the short answer and then I'll hopefully just build a bit on that. Sure. Uh, You know, without it, I believe you're going to struggle to maintain any sort of competitive health and financial well-being for the organisation um, for, for its longer term, right? And, and you're, going to, you're going to have a pretty foreshortened career as well because um, – so in the, I like to join a couple of things together here. So in the one of our previous episodes, we talked about uh, communication, right? We, did, we talked yeah. about, you know, leadership, uh, you know, was they were kind of – you know, joined at the hip, this idea of communication and leadership. It was an absolute fundamental leadership skill, right? Mm. And, you know, uh, and I think we had an example. We talked about uh, Ratners and we talked about Elon Musk as well. So, yeah, you know, at, at the extremities, good communication can either, it can either build progressively upon the value of a brand or it can erode it, right? Mm. Yeah. You know, and um, and that's pretty important. So you, you think about customer experience. It is one of those vital tools for consistently building brand if you get it right. Got it. Yeah. And and it's again, you know, the, the customer's really powerful these days. And that's a good thing. You know, so yeah. so so it pulls new customers to your organizations. These it, it, this is pretty obvious stuff, right? But that retention and building of loyalty within your existing customer base is is where some of your most significant profit is going to come through as an organization. As a tool for differentiating between your competitors. And and the key thing there is, you know, the, it's never a static line. Your competitors mm. will be thinking about how they architect the most efficient, the most impactful customer experience. And, yeah. and we'll, I'll get talking in a little while about journeys there. But um, and sometimes if you're in a crowded market, it's the only way to stand out is, is to differentiate. So, you know, oh, people used to talk about service differentiation, yeah. but yep. even, a, even a product isn't really just in the traditional sense a product today. No, it's more than that. You have the experience of of becoming aware of the brand and yeah. how you consume the information on it, and and really importantly, um, about what others say. So mm. you know when we talk about things like trust, you know how do you build trust? Well, first of all, you have to become aware of it, and often you become aware of it because you have 
reviews and feedback from people you either respect or you trust, etc. So I think, you know, good experience around the organization's delivery of the product, yeah. the service, whatever it is, is is essentially you're you're building an emotional attachment to that brand. Yeah, Got it. love it. There's, now there's lots there's lots and lots of points where you have that contact, and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll talk about journeys in a little while. But sure, sure. Um, you know, people don't buy things. I don't buy things uh, based on logic. I I might <laughs> yeah you know, I might come up with a logical answer. Um, you know, for why I bought it, but it was yeah. an, it's often there's some emotional triggers. It's an emotional it. purchase. Course, yeah, I get that. Course, yeah. I get that. And, and if you think about experience. That's a really big part of it, isn't it? It's about yeah, how you feel. Now, the, yeah. the other thing just to, to just to throw in here is, unfortunately, the way humans are wired, uh, you know, a bad experience is going to be more memorable and lasting in your memory mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. than yeah. a good one. You yeah. know, so so there's this kind of, you know, you need to obviously shoot for that good experience because you're building brand and you're building loyalty in your customer base and that attraction of new customers. Um, but you also need to make sure that if there is problems, it's how you address those and how quickly do you address those. Because obviously that's where, you know, and I don't know the exact figure on this, but it's quite significantly skewed to a negative uh, experience being more emotionally tied and memorable. So, oh, yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. So, so first and foremost, customer experience is so important, and it's so important because um, just think about a purchase that you've made recently. We'll all have different preferences, but what the first thing I do is I research. You know, mm. so I will go on, you know, Amazon reviews, and I'll go on Google, yep. etc. Other yep. other search engines are available, <laughs> and uh, you know, I will look at this, and I will look at key influencers. And yeah, I'll yeah. look at key sites and I will I will cross-validate that. And it may take me a long time before I purchase. That's no different to what customers are doing now when they're looking at and they're immersing themselves inside and starting to become aware of that brand. So okay. it, I think existing customers and future customers are going to have access to the reviews which are posted right now about yep. your customer experience and be able to be smart enough to look at the trend line to say, is it staying static? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? You know, love it. I took from that. I've written down the word differentiation there, and I mm -hmm. think uh, I, I think that's a really really great point. And I also think that in the day of the internet um, and social media, then that there's something about that that no doubt we're going to cover off in a minute anyway. But yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah. That, great. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, yeah. customer control is a really important thing. I think you know you you know it is a great thing for driving better businesses. Uh, but there's there's no getting away from it. The the customer has so much access to mm. so information, so much information now on review. Um, you have got to be all over your customer experience. And I just sure. want to two key bits of uh, yeah. uh, thing to put on the table. So uh, 2018, Accenture did a study, right? Um, and they looked at uh, what were the, the the good performing organizations. And in this one, I, I pulled this one from the bad performing organizations. And they cited that bad customer experience was costing those businesses that underperformed yeah. 1.6 trillion US dollars per annum out, wow. just out the US market. Okay. Big number, yeah. It's switch in switching yeah. brand, and yeah. you know, guess what? That human, that human element of a negative experience is more longer lasting and memorable. They're not going to switch back to that brand, no, of course not. Quickly, and then conversely, there is lots of great 
uh, McKinsey and Forrester research out there, you know, sort of citing 10 to 15 percent improvement in, uh, you know, both sales growth and cost reduction, which is a, a double yeah. edge. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we talk about talk about leadership and we've been talking a lot on the first ones around uh, the the workforce impact. Right. You know, the, there is that feedback loop of of good, well-designed customer experience really driving uh, employee motivation and engagement as well. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, OK, cool. In, interested in your views on that. Yeah, no, thanks for that. It's interesting. Some some great stats there from Accenture. Um, and yeah, yeah, agree with that one. Yeah. Anybody want to jump in before I move on to question two? Right. I think um, that Ian's kind of segued into question two a little I bit. I think he has. He's talking, he's Sorry. talking about journeys. No, 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 this is perfect. Because you're talking about journeys and you're also talking about that overlap between customer experience and the things that we've borrowed mm-hmm. um, and that we're learning about that in the employee experience yes. and engagement space, you know. So, and yes, that's my jam, you know that. So I'm, so, I'm su- so, super so Deborah, excited. So Deborah, let me ask you the question then I'll let you go, okay? Just so that everybody that's listening <laughs> knows what you're about to yet. answer. <laughs> so, so Deborah's question is, what can leaders do to support a great customer experience in their business? Off you go. Okay, so so there's a couple of things. Obviously, firstly, um, you know, the things that get scheduled get done, right? So the things that we put on the agenda get taken care of. So number sure. one, I think, is strategic intent. It needs to be, you know, front of mind that this is important to you as a business and that you're setting out to improve your customer experience and then yep. understanding why you're doing it, which is all of the reasons that Ian has just cited and that if you get it wrong, it's going to cost you, you know, a buttload of money. Um, then some of the other things that that companies can really start looking into, you know, is obviously invest in people who know what they're doing around developing your um, your personas yep. for your customers, like really understand your customers because the different personas want different things. And we're living in this time of hyper-personalization and these different touch points like, like Ian mentioned And, you know, for me as a suburban mother of two, I've got different things that are going to be important in my customer experience Mm. um, than what a graduate, you know, who lives in a a flat with five other people has got. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Journey mapping is the single most important thing that I think that any organization can do to improve customer experience. And that is literally, and and even at, at the CEO or senior leadership level, I really advise that you actually go through the process yourself. And this is not about not trusting the people who work for you, but go yeah, through the walk process in their yourself. Shoes. Yes, and it's also yeah. it's almost like that whole back to the floor thing, you know? Of course. Um, when last did you apply for a job in your yeah. own company as an external person yeah. just to see all the hoops that you make people jump through? That yeah. is a customer experience, <laughs> you know? Um, if you work in a bank, when last did you try and open a bank account? Yeah. Um, and, and just see what those touch points are. You know, in, in CX language, they talk about moments that matter. It's all yeah. of those touch points from when I become aware of your brand, when you're trying to acquire me as a customer, to making the sale, to then keeping me. Um, yeah. And that's the whole journey that you take me through. So journey mapping is the single most important thing that I can recommend. And there's some amazing tools to do that. One of the ones that I love is a tool called Creately. Um, 
So I know that you're going to drop that in, in our resources page. I was just about to say exactly that. Yep. So so journey mapping, definitely, definitely do that because at the end of the day, if you, you know, if you're focusing at the different steps on what your customer is thinking and doing and feeling at every single step, you're going to see where there's room for improvement. You're potentially going to identify opportunities for upsells and sure. new products. Um, you're also possibly going to identify bottlenecks in your process and you're going to find opportunities to improve organizational efficiency. Yeah. So that's a big one. And then my last piece of advice I would say is very, very important for leaders, which is I call it learn from the churn. Mm -hmm. You okay. know, so your customer churn when you've lost customers. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is especially, you know, this is something that we can track a little bit more easier in, in the tech space, you know, in financial services, um, where, where we can go and find out exactly why a customer left us. But learn from the churn Correct. and go and see what went wrong and go and fix those things and yeah. try and try and avoid them happening in the future again. I love it. Learn from the churn. Yes. And as, I, I, just to add, because I, I, I totally agree with all of that, Deborah, is the is the digitization piece right so so when you're creating those journeys you've got more than at any other time the ability to meter and measure you know right. where you know so even if they're becoming aware of your brand and you start to have things like calls to action for them there's so yes. much inf information and insight in whether they drop out of that journey be and in yeah. and understanding why that is that's that, that's just that's just so vital and we've got some we've got some great tools to help us now yeah, and no the whole abandoned to, uh, cart, yes, mm -hmm. the whole abandoned cart thing, you know, if you're, if you're, yeah. you're in e-commerce <laughs> um, and retargeting those people. And, and like you say, understanding why did they drop out? Why did they start wanting to buy from you and then they, they yeah. opted out, you know? So yeah. very important. Love it. Thank you for that, Deborah. Thank you. That's uh, that takes us on, onwards uh, very much towards Hiten's question that we've got lined up for him, which is how do we prepare people for focusing on the customer? Hiten, have you thought yeah. about this one? Well, Andy, I'll, I'll start with a quote. I know you wanted a quote. Good from, man. Good and, man. I don't know, and I don't know who said this quote, but it's a great one. And it says something along the lines of don't love people the way you want to love them. Love people the way they want to be loved. Love people the way they want to be loved. You know, I don't know if you've ever That's had fantastic. this experience. I certainly have. Is when you know you you know you know when your wife's a little bit upset with you or your partner's <laughs> a little bit upset with you, and you try and do a big gesture to make them feel better. You know, maybe you get them some flowers, and you know you you, you cook dinner, and 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 it's a total flop, and it doesn't connect. Yeah. Because yeah. You were thinking, oh, well, this is the thing that you wanted to make you happy, right? This is this is what you wanted, you know, and and all she really wanted was for you to be able to listen to her and 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 just and just have a conversation and just and, and, and a smaller gesture would have done would have done better than your big gesture that you had in your mind. And it comes back to this idea that entrepreneurs and leaders and when we're trying to sell things to people, yeah, sometimes we're very transactional. You know, we're very much sort of um, pushing our what we think the other person wants, and it comes back to some of the some of some of the things that we've mentioned in in previous uh, podcasts around listening, around being able to change, yeah, really understanding Spot. what 
what is the pain? You're not going to sell anything until you understand what is the pain of our customer? What is the problem that we're solving? And what's the problem now, currently? What's the pain now? Not what it was. And, and there's that whole piece around being able to change and adapt as you move forward. And, you know, we're talking about creating the customer experience. Yeah. And I think the difference between customer service and customer experience. Yeah. Customer service to me is, is, is reactive. Mm. Customer service is, thank you, you know, this, you know the questions of this, that, you know, it's, it's more transactional. Customer experience is about being proactive. It's about um, really that care. And, you know, we can do a lot of things around sort of uh, creating a customer culture, you know, about sort of keeping people that make the right decisions, that make the right choices. But it's a philosophy and it's a mindset fundamentally. So when we're talking about developing people, you know, focused on the customer, you've got to, I think, as leaders, hire the right people. Get yep. the right people in place that actually care, that have a desire to serve, that have a desire to really solve that customer problem um, and that pain. You know, and, and, you know, we've got all of these tools, haven't we? We've got so many tools now. We've got digital tools and we've got so many techniques and so many systems in place that we can use to um, gauge what the customer, you, you know, what the pulse of the customer is. But actually, mindset is key. And, I, and one, of, what, one of my greatest experiences, you know, when I'm talking about customer experience was when I was on a flight on Emirates. Yeah. And, and my vegetarian meal didn't you know for some reason they got it wrong and and, and okay. it wasn't anything. and the air hostess gave me a meal she, she, she gave me a vegetarian meal i only later found out that it was actually her lunch no now now yeah it was her lunch that she had she she she, she, she had given to me and that level of customer serve customer experience i i would say that that that's not in any policies or procedures that you know you can't train that that comes down to a mindset, a genuine desire to serve. Um, and, you know, she went beyond. So I think getting the right people with the right mindset is key. Yeah, I love, I love it. And it's interesting, Hiten, that you actually pick on uh, one of the airlines there, because I'm probably going to talk about something else about an airline in a minute. But um, it's interesting because the airlines are one of the greatest examples of, of where people can actually get the customer service really spot on. So uh, that's an amazing story that uh, giving your own lunch, I mean, that's definitely above and beyond the call of duty that one is. And, and I, I'd love that. Um, well, you, you know, you, you, Deborah, you, you, you started off and then what you said hitting as well is that it's not that dissimilar in some ways to when we talk about the, uh, you know, we talked about communication and we said it actually fundamental. I think you said it uh, on our previous session, Deborah, you know, it starts with listening, you know, that, that skill of listening to the customer needs. And I think, you know, it's end to your point about the skills, yeah, that level of empathy to understand the perspective point of view is really, really important. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I also think that, you know, a bit like uh, segmentation is now in marketing has now become a continual process, right? I, I think that, you know, the COVID-19 world we've had to adjust quickly in the post-COVID-19 world, we're kind of looking at uh, continually monitoring and crafting and adjusting our customer journey for that mm. customer experience to be optimized. It's, it's going to be happening a lot quicker. 
So the skills required to do that are going to be, uh, you know, really, really amplified in that area of that empathy and that listening piece. Yeah, love it. Love hey, it. I've, I've got I've got one for you, Andy. Right, you're not, come on. You're not, you're not getting off that easy. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I know you, and I, and I think we can weave this into your your story about the airline. Because what I was going to ask you, what's the cost of getting it wrong? You know, you get poor yeah, customer yeah. experience. What does that cost? Come on. Well, I think that a few people have already talked about this, you know, in terms of that uh, not returning there as a customer. And, and and that that is one of the most interesting things possible. I, I've been in the process of buying a car recently and uh, there's there's just some places that I would never have gone to because of previous experience. So I, I just go out as a, as a small sort of in, you know, introduction to this. But the cost of getting this wrong throughout the world, there's some massive examples. And one of the ones that struck me over the last few years is about the the Volkswagens with the different software in there, which these emissions cheating software. Have you guys heard and read about that? Yeah, that was a big scandal, especially yep. in the US a couple of years yep. ago. Yeah, that's it. Still rumbling. Would you believe it's still rumbling? The, 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 the court cases and everything else is still not all finished. OK, even just uh, I think about two months ago, there's another court case uh, in, in Germany. Yeah, the, what what basically happened there was that VW put this extra piece of software in effectively to to cheat the emissions, allegedly, still going through the courts. And um, and what that did was not only was it affecting what people paid in terms of taxes, et cetera, for the car, but actually it was just a direct attack effectively on the trust of the customer. Yeah. And and that that trust word is huge because the minute that something like a car that you put your family in, you want them to be safe and, and all the rest of it you have attached a huge amount of trust to that car manufacturer. And even if it's just something like the emissions that might not kill you and your family when you're in it, there is still massive trust attached to it. So I, I think that, that there's examples like VW where the, the billions upon billions of pounds they've spent, probably £10 billion, uh, according to one report recently, on trying to fight their way out of this. Uh, I think one of the CEOs as well uh, faced some criminal charges Okay, as a result of all of this, you, this isn't this isn't just some sort of small thing that goes away quietly. This is uh, it, it's like it's a part of the VW history now. It's a huge yeah. part. It's actually a ten-year part, probably, of their their corporate history. And and in years to come, they'll point back towards it and say, "Do you remember when we did that? You know, that was a that was a really bad part of our time." And and those corporate examples, I think, hold hold some of the greatest customer service lessons for us and about the environment in which that was created and what led to those decisions to that to happen yeah. mm. and, and in the same way that you look at uh, another example uh, will pull washing machines and again i pull this one out because this is something that affects probably half a million households straight away in the uk and it's about um washing machines and dryers actually not working but uh, and me and Ian have discussed about customer service many, many times over. And Ian, we've talked about that it's when when you get people, things wrong, what people remember is actually the remedy and the approach to the remedy, isn't it? Yeah. If you get if, if you time it right and yeah. you and you and you. Yeah. No, go on. I was going to say yeah. that, tr that trust thing, that transparency and trust in those moments and timing is really important. Exactly. So Whirlpool, they had this issue. Hundreds of thousands of machines affected. And by the way, the issue was that they'd set on fire. It oh, burned down a whole oh, set. Nice. Of, yeah, but burned down a whole block of flats in Shepherd's Bush in London and all sorts of stuff. And that one's only just been cleared up years later. So it's not just something minor. This is 
again, trust, risk to life and limb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, they set up a technical help desk uh, on a website. And of course, people were trying to get through to it, trying to find out what, what the hell we're going to do, literally how we're going to do washing tomorrow. And by the way, I don't want to set anybody on fire. And the, the, the system crashed. They couldn't cope. So, again, what you've now put in place to remedy the situation isn't working for anyone. So it, what it does is it actually takes your problem and it just magnifies it by 10. Yeah. yeah. Because now you've not only got a, a slightly unhappy customer, you've now got an absolutely irate customer that by now is dancing all over social media, at, at accepting any invite to speak on any news program going, because now that is the real cost as well. People tend to forget that the access to the media, access to wide audiences immediately within the hour is available. And the knock on for a business isn't only the customers. Yeah, That's what you've got to remember, right? It's also about your future partners, the people that you want to go out and partner with and develop a business relationship in different parts of the world. will look back and see about, as Ian said, about your research, about how you've got on. But also after that, it's about your future employees that, again, your, your your reputation about customer service will affect whether people come to work for you. And even mm. your customer service will actually positively affect some people's decision to come to work for you because you are rated as so good. Yeah, I just, you know, on that on that emotional level, I know it's probably not not so logical, but, you know, the VW story. Yeah. Um, one of the things when I when I buy a car um is the miles per gallon right it's a really, yeah, yeah always yeah I, I i love efficiency so it's yeah. a really so it's not a safety thing for me but that now that has been you know that's been exposed you know the anti-defeat stuff or whatever it was called um that's it. you know I, I i'm i'm kind of in a position where that's always at the back of my mind and it's synonymous with vw for doing that well now it is yeah yeah it wasn't years yeah. ago no you'd of course have probably not. said the opposite you'd have probably said that vw was synonymous with actually good uh mpg and that's what you'd look for on their cars yeah so yeah uh, and i was going to finish off with uh, going back to the airline industry here tent <clears throat> is the fact uh, that ryanair okay whenever i look at anything to do with customer service ryanair jumps out um the one of one of the surveys i looked at prior to today it was august last year and um that people have been asked to pick from a series of words. Ryanair has come on hundredth out of a hundred companies surveyed, and uh, people have described them as greedy and sneaky. And uh, you know, you'd utterly hate for any company to have those two words attached yeah. to them. Wow. Um, so it's interesting that when you yeah when you look at that and you you realise actually th- there's some amazing other examples I'm going to come on to when we talk about research resources that the airlines I think are a, a huge example. Uh, and hospitality as well. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about actually being in a hotel, um, yeah, I, I I think that's another area. But hey, we'll come do back you, to that. In a minute. Just a, just a quick throw in comment uh, uh, question. Sorry. Do you think that's about living up to the promise though? You know, if the if the promise is absolutely no frills, completely basic, uh, you know, a, a room for the night or we'll get you there. You know. How does that feel against that uh, think, that trust? So I'm going to jump in and say I think there's a, there's a great difference between actually what people have advertised and promised to deliver you yeah. versus the customer service that you get that surrounds whatever you've bought. I haven't got yeah. a problem in buying something from the bargain basement. 
okay mm. i have no issue with that in the slightest anywhere in the world i'm happy to do it knowing what i get if actually the customer service around that bargain basement is 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 poor then it's still poor regardless of how much i've paid for it yeah and i think that's that's the difference between experience isn't it and service you know, you, 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 your service piece can be aligned to the promise, but if it's if it's really, really painful to get into that transaction, yeah. then that's the experiential bit, absolutely. Yeah. So next next bit, next bit, everybody. Um, I, I get a feeling that everybody's already referenced part of their resources as we've gone along, uh, but let's give this a go. We always say that we're going to leave everybody with some resources to go and look at or uh, use as reference later on. Um, Deborah, can you tell me what your re resource documents are, please, that you want to leave people with? My resources definitely is is go and check out Creately. Um, there's some amazing tools there. They've got some great blogs and things. Um, and then just resource research um, customer journey mapping. So there's like some it. great courses available yeah. on LinkedIn Learning, on Coursera, on Udemy. And then, you know, earlier Ian was talking about empathy. So yeah. something that's really critical as well is go and learn more about design thinking. You yeah. know, design thinking is all about the first step in the design thinking process is empathy. It's understanding your customer and understanding what they want and what they need versus yeah. what you think you're going to give them. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. Hiten? What is yeah. it you want to leave people with today? Well, well, a great book that, uh, if you haven't read, definitely top of your reading list it should be, um, and that's Shoe Dog. You read Shoe Dog? Shoe Dog. Oh, this is the Nike one, isn't it? Yes, yes the memoir. Uh, oh, great. Yeah. Amazing, absolutely amazing entrepreneurial journey. You know, you know, he had a crazy idea. He wanted to change the world, drove it with so much passion. He went all in, seeing seeing opportunities, so many obstacles that came in. Came, came in the way along his journey and so much to learn about um, the customer experience, I think, uh, and creating a fantastic brand. Yeah, so Brilliant. Phil Knight. Wonderful. I've not read that one. Look forward to, to get my hands on that one. Thank you. Um, Ian? Uh, okay, I've got a, I've got a slightly dated curveball. That's fine. And two two research um, assets that I use on a regular basis. So we'll start with yeah. the research. Um, McKinsey Insights a great source, I think, as Obviously. is as is Forrester. Yeah. Um, as, uh, you know, more broadly, but very very specifically in this this whole journey mapping, as you say, Deborah. Um, and so there's some great recent articles, uh, as, uh, you know, from April and May this year on McKinsey Insights around that thinking about that um, immediacy of tone and empathy and how you structure that and then the post-COVID world around what we're experiencing right now with customers. So definitely recommend having a look at that. Um, here's my curveball. Go on then. Uh, um, and it's a book, uh, and it looks like it's a complete in, in tatters. I got it in uh, 2010 and I use it on a regular basis. And it's not specifically about customer journeys, but it's a great okay. handbook. Business model generation. So, okay. uh, Oh, fantastic. That is an amazing book. I, I just love it because it's so practical. And, and I, think, I think where it's good is that it's it's got, there's nine segments that you focus on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but the building blocks around um, you know the customer value proposition the segments and the channels mm -hmm. they spur on ideas it's a great collaboration tool 
yeah because it's yep. digitized now i think business canvas have digitized it all um but what i really love this was created this book there's two authors but it was created with 470 practitioners in 45 countries put this together it's a, if you get a chance it's a bit dated now but it's great and there's some love really it. good digital resources online yeah, yeah. And, and 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 i'll just just add that in i think visually the way that book is set yeah. out as well it's so beautifully it's it's like a it's like a work of art when, when it you is physically yeah. each page they've really thought about the user experience in terms of the actual book itself so yeah it's exactly fantastic. wonderful i look forward to that one as well that's great thank you um so i've got i've got two books today um i've got a, a newer book and an older book uh, i'm going to start with a new book this one's called the culture builders and it's leadership strategies for employer employee performance by jane sparrow I love this book. I got it a couple of years ago and read it front to cover um, and just enjoyed every minute of it. And what she ties together is about the, the customers into the reason why um, performance is really important for people. And she calls it engagement for, for performance. It's really that simple. Nice. That if, and you've all talked about actually having the right people doing the right jobs for, for uh, customer support and service. And that's exactly what the book is about, is really preparing people for that. So I, I, I loved every minute of that. that there's, there's loads of tools, tips, there's theories in there. There's, there's everything that, that, you can, that you can want. But the, the book that I want to refer to, Ian, I'm going to trump you in the terms of the date. This one was first published in 1982. I wow. read it, first of all, in 1993. And it was another one of those stop you in your tracks moment because uh, the book is In Search of Excellence um, uh, by yeah. Peterson Waterman. The subtext yeah. is Lessons from America's Best Run Company. And, you know, I, I, I wrote essays on this in my MBA about the, the eight principles that they actually came up with. And the second one is staying close to the customer, learning his preferences and catering to them, which, again, is what you've already referenced if you've not read that and i know the stuff in there is out of date i know it talks about delta airlines and southwest airlines and i know that they've gone through their, their troubles in the past as well but i encourage you to go read it i bet you could probably pick this up for 99 pence now in, in a charity bin somewhere or something but it's a fantastic book and again when you nice. read it and you read the approach by people that's what people need to get out of bed thinking about old is gold it doesn't matter if it's, it's exactly old. Yeah, no, no. I, I, yeah. I, I read that probably every year, Hitan. Yeah, I've read that definitely in the last 12 months sat in an airport. And the principles from that book have not changed, even though Correct. the business has changed. Yeah, exactly. The principles have not changed. Yeah, definitely. So that's the resources. Uh, we look forward to posting those at the bottom for you, um, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the show notes and everything. Listen, thank you very much again. Uh, I love your contributions. It's, it's great to be doing this with you. So for uh, Hiten, Ian and Deborah, next week, we're going to talk about leading the culture, which I know that each and every one of you, I've, I've talked for hours uh, about culture with each of you. So um, I'm pretty sure that we'll have a, a really good discussion next week on that because that again shapes probably everything that we've been talking about so far. What do you reckon? Exciting. Oh yeah, good. Looking forward to it. Cool, cool. Well, um, thank you again uh, for, for joining me. So uh, everybody, that is the end of uh, episode four of Leadership, the Future in Tea, where we've been talking about uh, leading and the customer. We look forward to speaking to you next week so we can talk about leading the culture. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you everyone. Bye now. That's all, folks. Please subscribe through Google Podcasts to keep up to date with our future episodes. Bye for now.